The Miami Dolphins are preparing to face the Los Angeles Chargers, and we're taking a look today what's different from the last two times these teams played each other in December of last season. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Tuesday, September 5th, 2023. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers who do keep it locked in with us on a daily basis here on the Locked On Network because we don't just say we live it. it is your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL for a water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. I promise you uh, some good insight today. Welcome to uh, Dolphins fans. Welcome to the Chargers fans. I saw quite a few of you on YouTube yesterday. Very fired up for this week one game. Uh, welcome. If you're unfamiliar or uninitiated to the program, whether you're a Dolphins fan, a Chargers fan, a football fan, it's good to see you uh, on the YouTube channel or on your podcast feed. If you are listening, if you are on the YouTube channel, my one request, don't be weird. Don't be mean. Let's be normal. Let's be human beings. Let's talk about the football game, right? It's Dolphins, Chargers. Of course, these two teams played each other last year. And quite frankly, the Chargers punked to the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins got punched in the mouth and uh, on both sides of the ball really didn't have an answer for, I, I guess the Dolphins defense did have an admirable performance, but the chargers at the end of the day were able to largely control uh, the flow of this game. And the first thing we're going to look at uh, for what is different and what is the same for these two teams facing each other once again is the game script, uh, a game script like this for Los Angeles, just because of, the competitive nature of the NFL. If the Chargers came out and do this again, the Dolphins are in trouble. I can tell you that. Uh, they were 10 of 20 on third and fourth down. They were 9 of 18 on third downs, 1 of 2 on fourth down. The Chargers possessed the ball for 39 minutes and 38 seconds of a 60-minute football game, so almost two-thirds possession. You're not going to win a lot of football games possessing the ball for 20 minutes. You just aren't. Uh, the Chargers were 39 of 51 passing the football, the Dolphins managed to, to, to no turnovers. The Dolphins were penalized six times for 50 yards. They lost that margin uh, in this contest as well. Not a lot of good for the Dolphins. So uh, Miami, of course, goes to Los Angeles this week. Um, kind of mirroring last week, although this was the second of two consecutive West Coast games for Miami the last time that they played. Uh, Miami will be fresh this time, so that is a difference. And we're just objectively looking at both of these teams and what's different. And I think a game script like that uh, for Los Angeles uh, is usually pretty hard to replicate. And I, I I go back to, and that's not to say that the Chargers are going to have success on both sides of the ball. Again, I'm, I'm we'll talk on Thursday. We cross over Thursday on who I think is going to win the football game. But I think back to the. Uh, first time the Dolphins and Bills played each other last year. And uh, the first time that they played, Miami managed to sneak out the win, 21-19. But the Bills had possession of the football for 40 minutes or so of that football game as well. 
when the second time that they played, and Miami did not have success running the ball. They were fairly um, herky-jerky, a couple explosive plays. Uh, they had a turnover that set them up the red zone that helped them get seven points. The second time these two teams played, Miami actually won the time of possession. 30 minutes and seven seconds, and they ran the ball 25 times for 188 yards. So again, I'm not saying that's a guarantee the Dolphins are going to do that, but it's just an example and an embodiment of the first time that these two teams played. Miami won the game 21-19, but Buffalo had the ball for 40 minutes and 40 seconds versus 19 minutes and 20 seconds for Miami. The Dolphins ran the ball 17 times for 41 yards. The second time they play in the same season, Miami wins the time of possession they run for 100 and what was it, 188 yards? Yeah, 188 yards. So to have a game script that goes and leans so strongly onto one side with the nature of the NFL, right, is not likely. I mean, you, you think back to the Dolphins as well against the Patriots the two times that they played last year. And two times that they played the Patriots last year, and I, I understand uh, the Dolphins did not have their starting quarterback for the second time these two teams played each other. But Miami was comfortably outclassing New England the first time that they played, and the second time that they played, it was a much more competitive game. Uh, I think about the the Chargers, to, just to keep this, this the same energy on both sides uh, of, of this contest, but the Dolphins, or, or the, the Chargers, lost to the Broncos in a weird game last year that was like the the Chargers came in hot. They had won like their final four games of the, the regular season going into the Week 18 game against the Broncos, and they lost 31-28, and Denver had 471 yards of offense. And the first two, time, two times those teams played each other, the Broncos had 13 first downs and 258 yards of offense. It's just the nature of the beast. So as I'm thinking about how this game is going to play out, you think about the variability of game scripts and expecting the Chargers to possess the ball for 40 minutes again and for the Dolphins to be a paltry three of 11 on third downs. Maybe it happens. I would be surprised if it is that skewed heavily, even if the Chargers win the football game. I think there are a lot of dynamics that will be different. Of course, this is a different year. So it's not even the same one for one of playing a team in September and then playing them again in December. There's a lot of change. And that's part of what this show is dedicated to doing is looking at uh, who played in this game. The last time these two teams played each other, a 23, 17 victory for the uh, Los Angeles charters and look at who's here. Who's not here. What changes are what, what players each team has back. Each team is presumably going to be much, much, much healthier. Uh, I know for a fact that the, the Chargers are going to be welcoming back a, a number of high-end football players that did not play in this game the first time that these two teams played each other or the time that these two teams played each other last year. So we're going to look at the Dolphins next, looking at who's back, uh, who's new, what percentage of snaps have been vacated, and that's what we're going to focus on next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. I am a big time prescriber, whether you are, and, and this has the potential to be an elite uniform aesthetic game in the NFL. The Dolphins not wearing the throwbacks though. So that's a little bit of a buzzkill, but I'm a big prescriber of the idea that you got to look at the play good. And our friends over at Bird Dogs, they got you covered. They've got uh, really, really comfortable stretch, khaki shorts, joggers, 
Uh, I am not somebody that likes stuffy material, really stiff cotton or fabric or, or khaki. And Bird Dogs has found a way to offer you that look. I give it to you a sculpted look, but it's not the same stuffy, stiff, hot, sweaty fabric a lot of these other um, men's apparel provide to you. Uh, they've done this by provide, inventing a cloud nick fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so it gives you a way slimmer fit. And Bird Dogs also uses anti-stick sweat wicking material to make sure that you are cool and dry all day long. You can go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL at checkout for free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That is birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. I promise you. So... For the Dolphins in this game, and we'll finish with the Chargers, but I've identified it is a grand total of nine football players, nine meaningful football players who did not partake in this game last year. And the players that they are replacing that are either still on the team on a reduced role or are no longer on the team. And th those players are Elena Roberts, Keon Crossan, who's on IR, Melvin Ingram, Eric Rowe, Robert Jones, who's on IR, uh, Trent Sherfield, Mike Isecki, Brandon Shell. Those were the eight players that filled these roles last year when these two teams played. And it's 330 snaps for the Dolphins that have been vacated from players, prominent players, not even fringe players, but prominent players combined on offense and defense. 330 snaps is not a small number, and the Chargers number is bigger, as a spoiler alert. The players that are on the out here, I think this is where it does get interesting for Miami, and this is the case for both football teams. Uh, the players that are coming in are better than the players that are going out from the last time these two teams played each other. Elena Roberts versus David Long for 43 snaps is a monumental upgrade when facing a team like the Chargers because you know what the Chargers didn't have a lot of success doing against the Dolphins last year? Running the football because Jalen Phillips and Christian Wilkins were absolute dogs. And I understand the Chargers have both backup tackles in. We'll get to that when we talk about the Chargers. But right now we're talking about the Dolphins. So the Dolphins had a lot of success owning the line of scrimmage in the run game. And then Austin Eckler, and this is one of the questions that fans had that we addressed yesterday. Austin Eckler came out and had a lot of success uh, in the passing game. Um, I thought that was where he made the most of his damage in this contest. Well, David Long might not be an e a Austin Eckler eraser, but I promise you he's going to give you a lot more flexibility with how you structure out your coverages than what Elandon Roberts is going to do, who's just a straight-line strike to sledgehammer. Say what you will about Eli Apple. I would rather have Eli Apple on the field than Keon Crossan, who played 44 defensive snaps as a corner against the Chargers last year. That's an upgraded player. Emmanuel Agba versus Melvin Ingram. Ingram played 37 snaps last year. Agba was paid to be a starting caliber player for this team last year before he got hurt. He missed the game. He didn't play a single snap. He was on IR with a triceps injury. Deshaun Elliott for Eric Rowe. Um, I think this is close to a push, but then when you add in the fact that Brandon Jones is also available, I think it gives you more flexibility and more upside than Eric Rowe. And... Eric Rowe fell off the cliff real quick. I watched Eric Rowe in the preseason for the Panthers, and it was bad. So 
Uh, I thought Rowe was ironic. Rowe first came to Miami and he was a strength in coverage, and then he got better in run support and got worse in coverage. And Eric Rowe played 53 snaps for the Dolphins defensively last year. And if Deshaun Elliott and Brandon Jones are now splitting those snaps between them as players that were not a part of this team last year or were on IR last year, Brandon Jones was on IR, Deshaun Elliott was playing for the Lions. That's a lot of snaps. So defensively, just the prominent snap takers, 177 snaps. Across four players that are out, you get five players coming in, and I think all five of those players are better. Again, this cuts both ways. It's going to be true for the Chargers, too. But I want to outline everything and be objective about both sides and what's new and what's fresh and what will be the same. And then we're going to quantify at the end uh, the percentage of snaps that are going to be new snaps from new players that did not play in this game last year. And that's just the reinforcement that the likelihood of a game script that unfolds in exactly the same way that we saw last year is probably going to be pretty unlikely. Offensively, the Dolphins, uh, two starters on their offensive line that played every offensive snap will not be lining up with the starters and will not play at all in this game. I can guarantee it because they were Robert Jones and Brandon Shell. Uh, so there's 102 snaps right there that will be different with players that are not Robert Jones, who's on the team but on IR, and Brandon Shell, who's retired. Isaiah Wynn and Austin Jackson are penciled in to take those two spots. Seems like Mike McDaniel wants to play a little bit of the gamesmanship game. Uh, be coy about who's going to start at left guard. We're going to be coy about Teron Armstead's availability. Uh, but if Teron Armstead doesn't play in this game, that's another layer. That, that's another 51 snaps that could be completely different. Not necessarily a good thing for the Dolphins, but would be different nonetheless. And then you also have Trent Sherfield and Mike Kosecki who combined for 51 snaps combined themselves. So now you have 153 snaps offensively. And you have Bra Braxton Berrios. You have Eric Ezukanma. You have Tyler Croft, who's a much better inline player. I think gives you much more of what you want to do with the tight end room versus Gusecki. So I'm not saying it's all good. Now, I, I think Isaiah wins an upgrade over Robert Jones, and I think Austin Jackson, particularly in the run game with his athleticism, is an upgrade over Brandon Shell. I don't know what Austin Jackson's going to be in, in pass protection against either Joey Bosa or Khalil Mack. I would not expect that to be a particularly favorable matchup for the Dolphins. Can you play action pass your way around it? Can you throw Tyler Croft as a chip player to help? Well, there's all sorts of things that you can do or attempt to do, but it will be different because you got 153 snaps on offense for a total of 330 snaps for the Dolphins that will not be the same as the players who took the snaps last year. And I, I would say Long's an upgrade over Roberts. Apple's an upgrade over Crossan. Agba uh, is probably an upgrade over Melvin Ingram in this scheme. Um, Deshaun Elliott and Brandon Jones, an upgrade over Eric Rowe. Isaiah wins an upgrade over Robert Jones. Case in point, he won the job this year over Robert Jones. I think Braxton Berrios uh, is a quality depth player like Trent Sherfield, very different. I think the Trent Sherfield role is going to be given to tight ends slash Eric Ezukanma. But Braxton Berrios is going to provide you with a different element of Mike. If Mike Isecki is your slot, you almost have to flip it. It's Croft for Sherfield and Barrios for Gusecki because Gusecki plays in the slot. 
who do you think is going to win in short short spaces more effectively against tight coverage and man coverage? Braxton Barrios or Mike Isecki? I tell you, it ain't going to be Mike Isecki because he runs the seam and he runs over routes across the middle of the field. And that's the areas that Mike Isecki signs. It's not what the Dolphins need for this matchup. And then Austin Jackson over Brandon Shell. So I think you go down the list and say, man, the Dolphins got some upgrades for 330 snaps. Plus, you've got defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. Plus, you have former Chargers defensive coordinator Ronaldo Hill is now on your coaching staff as well. A lot of change. A lot of difference. And yet, the Chargers have even more. And that's what we're going to talk about next year on this episode of Lockdown Dolphins, looking at snap turnover for the Chargers from when these two teams played last year to when they are going to play on Sunday. Stick with us. The NFL season is officially here. We got two days to a game. Dolphins and Chargers play on Sunday. I'm pumped. Uh, and FanDuel has some incredible offers for you as America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets fully guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is super easy to use, and you can be in on everything from the spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you do not want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So the Chargers, uh, the, the Chargers got to be pumped coming into this game because they they get a number of cornerstone players back that did not play in the game last year. Uh, Joey Bosa is one. Derwin James is another. Rayshon Slater on the offensive side of the football. The Chargers... There's some some musical chairs as far as offensively what they have new uh, this year. Uh, Jamari Salyer started a tackle for them last year. He's going to be an interior starter. He's going to be the, the right guard. Um, the Chargers are booting as they bring back Trey Pipkins and Rayshon Slater, and they move Jamari Salyer around and put him at guard. You're really vacating two spots on the offensive line, and those spots were Foster Serrell and Matt Filer. Um. They were both bad <laughs> against the Dolphins. Uh, they both got greatly tested uh, by Christian Wilkins and by Jalen Phillips. So it is more of a good on good situation uh, for the Chargers. They have to be pumped to have Salyer and Pipkins back. Uh, Trey Pipkins, the other tackle, was a player I thought maybe would have been a viable target for the Dolphins in free agency. He ultimately signs back. I think he's an adequate level starter. And, and Rayshon Slater, when healthy, is one of the best tackles in the game. So I think when you consider those guys coming back, I think Trey Pipkins versus Jalen Phillips can still be a favorable matchup for Miami. I think Bradley Chubb is uh, really going to have to play probably a little bit more of an unsexy role in this contest unless he's going to draw the assignments against Pipkins. I do think Miami has a strength with whoever is rushing against Pipkins. Uh, but Slater's uh, as good as they come. He is. Um so I, I think your wins and your matchups are going to have to come on the interior. Now, the questions for the Chargers are um, how much of a step forward does Zion Johnson take in year two? And Jamari Salyer, of course, he played in this game at tackle last year. Him at guard, how does he handle the prospect of Sealer and Christian Wilkins? It's a little bit different experience blocking for him than what it was last year when these two teams played each other. And they've got Corey Lindsley in the middle, who's a, a quality starter as a center. 
probably top 10, top 10 center in the game would be my guess. So uh, the, the Chargers will certainly across the 160 snaps that they have vacated from when these two teams played last year. Uh, and Miami was 153. So each offense has about 150 snaps. It's about th- two, two to three players worth of new from just raw snaps taken for each offense in this game. Chargers defensively, uh, there, there's a lot of turnover, and, and there's two cornerstone players in Derwin James and Joey Bosa. I think there's some questions with a couple of the players that are going in, uh, but but largely these are upgrades for the Chargers as well. It's, four, it's 262 snaps that the Chargers put on defensively last year will be uh, not taken by guys that are either no longer on the team or presumably going to be playing reduced roles because of the returning uh, return of healthy players. So Nasir Adderley played 51 snaps last year against the Dolphins. I thought he was one of the defenders who really struggled against Miami. Um, he played 51 snaps. Uh, this, this is presumably Derwin James now in that role. I would assume Derwin James is provided he's healthy. He never leaves the field. He's uh, one of the top safeties in football. I think Derwin James is from a chess piece standpoint, something Miami's probably going to have to account for, get a feel early in the game on how they want to use him. Are they, do they want to play him in the high post? Do they want him on the second level? Uh, are they going to use him to bracket one of these two wide receivers? Uh, and, and then you can use that once you glean that information, you could try to use that to work other areas of the field. And I think that's probably safe. Now the challenge is then you have Asante Samuel to worry about. Uh, Michael Davis was really physical against Miami last year. So the, the solving the secondary will be a riddle unless the Dolphins come up and push the right buttons. Uh, Joey Bosa stepping in presumably for Kyle Van Noy. And I'm looking at Morgan Fox, who who's still with the team. Um, Morgan Fox can play some inside. Uh, Van Noy is a little bit more of the true outside, true outside guys. And Van Noy played 47 snaps. So if I were to swap out a guy, that the Chargers had that played in the game last year, I would say it's Van Noy. He played 47 snaps. So that's almost every defensive snap that the Chargers took in that game last year. You have two cornerstone players stepping in for players that I think were adequate starters. So they're upgrades. There's no question about it. And that's you know 102 snaps between those two guys. And you have other guys in the interior like Morgan Fox and Braden Fehoko. Those two guys played 67 snaps last year. That's looking like Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day type upgrades. Uh, I do think they're they're more sturdy players. They're more stout players. I don't think they're super sexy players, um, but they are players that that nonetheless I, I think do give the Chargers a little bit more oomph up front defensively. I think one one question on the, the last two players I should say I actually have some questions on. I think they're upgrades. I, I know they're upgrades, but how it how they played last year with their respective teams is a bit of a mystery. And one of these guys moved into a coaching tree that ran a lot of these concepts and did not play well last year, and that's Eric Kendricks. So Eric Kendricks was in Minnesota last year with Ed Donatel, and they ran a lot of split field coverages, cover six, and Brandon Staley is off the same coaching tree. Now he's replacing Drew Tranquil. I thought Drew Tranquil played good against the Dolphins. 51 snaps. He played every defensive snap. So how does Eric Kendricks in year two of this system, I think Eric Kendricks is a better football player than Drew Tranquil, but Eric Kendricks did not play particularly well in the system last year. So that's a question that the Chargers will need to feel out and answer. 
And then J.C. Jackson. He's a better football player than Jasir Taylor, who played 46 snaps last year, and Taylor's still on the roster. But J.C. Jackson's getting paid like $20 million a season. Guess what? He's going to play. That's how it works. And how well does he bounce back in year two as well after he transferred from the Patriot system, signed a big contract to play in Los Angeles, and was pretty bad before he got hurt? I think in the grand scheme of things, it's still net positive for the Chargers, and it's not close. I think anytime you can add Derwin James and Joey Bosa versus Nasir Adderley and Kyle Van Noy, and then you get more depth on your interior defensive line rotation, you feel good about upgrading those 262 snaps. But nevertheless, J.C. Jackson and Eric Hendricks are players that I'm looking at that did not play in this game last year when these two teams played each other. And you're, you, those would be areas I would probe early. I would test early, try to get a feel for. Because I think there's there's less proof of concept of them being successful in this scheme versus Derwin James and Joey Bohisa. So in all, there were 2,882 snaps taken last year in the football game. on offense and defense for the two teams combined. In total, of those 2,882, 26% of those snaps were vacated by prominent players that played meaningful snaps. Elena Roberts, Keon Crossan, Melvin Ingram, Eric Rowe, Robert Jones, Trent Sherfield, Mike Kosecki, Brandon Shell, Foster Serrell, Matt Filer, Nasir Adderley, Brendan Fehoko, Morgan Fox still on the team, but seeding to a player higher up on the depth chart. Kyle Van Noy, Jasir Taylor still on the roster, but seeding to a player higher up on the depth chart. Drew Tranquil, 26%. Plus, you've got a different offensive coordinator for the Chargers, a different defensive coordinator for the Dolphins, and the Chargers' defensive coordinator is now on the Dolphins' coaching staff. Expect a different football game. I'm not going to tell you who's going to win right now because I'm still in the process of doing my due diligence there myself. I can tell you when the schedule first dropped, I picked the Chargers to win the game. I see the pathway for both teams pretty clearly and what the script is going to look like. Now, who executes early in the game and sets the tone for what the script looks like, that can go a long way in determining who wins the game. We're going to explore more of this tomorrow on the show. We're going to explore more of this on Thursday with Crossover Thursday uh, with Locked On Chargers. So plan accordingly. We hope to see you there. I'm Kyle Krabs. Your host here on Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day. I appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. Dolphins fans, Chargers fans, whoever you are, just know, fins up here on this channel. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you all again tomorrow.